Yo, 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 welcome to Crate 808. And today we're reviewing the return of one of the dopest hip hop groups, hip hop duos ever. And with me in the hot seats, joining me, podcaster extraordinaire Rohan from the Rap Plug podcast and writer and producer Sunraw, jumping on to talk Black Star. How are you doing, guys? Very good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm doing great. Rap Music Plug podcast. I want to put that out there in case people want to check it out. The yeah. Rap Music Plug podcast already yeah. picking me up. I hope you're going to be doing this for the rest of the show because yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll be on you. I'll be on you. <laughs> I love that. I love that. But la- this is uh, a bit of what, 24 years? It's been since they dropped anything 24 years of rumors, 24 years of solo projects. Uh, but before we get in there, I need to ask you both what I ask everyone who jumps on the podcast. Rohan, I'll start with you first. What is the least hip hop thing you've done in the last 24 hours, man? The least hip hop thing I did. I actually had a pretty, I had a pretty hip hop last 24 hours. Okay. Like I was going to say, like I, like I, I guess this is still, I feel adjacent because basketball is so related to like hip hop culture in so many ways. Mm -hmm. But I would say I watched just extreme amounts of highlights of like, just like classic finals moments on NBA YouTube. It just went down the. I mean, I'm really into the finals this year, so I've just been getting like really extremely into it. So, but that's that's still decently related. But that's it. Yeah, okay, I like it. Exactly. I like the nerding out. I love a rabbit hole. Love a good rabbit mm-hmm. hole. Sunro, mm-hmm. what did I do in the past 24 hours? I uh, I binged a whole lot of X Men comics. I don't know if that's oh. hip hop or not. But again, like, the can- comics very hip hop. Like, we're, we're in the like. Universe I feel Cannibal Ox. Cannibal Ox would would think that was cool other than that i walked to the supermarket with my girlfriend to get some veggie sausages to, boom uh, that is, I, that, that's not go. very that's hip-hop that's like no not even real yeah. meat sausage yeah, exactly yeah. yeah you went with the, the cookout yeah i love that yeah. okay love that yeah i think they work i think they absolutely work and i think people here we go seamless segue two rappers who definitely would eat vegan sausages <laughs> yasin bay ak well old, old, uh, known as most death back in the day and talib Ali, uh, this is how I do it, guys. <laughs> Let's talk about vegetarian sausages. And before we do that, though, right, Black Star, 24 years. I just want to ask you both how you were feeling when I think it was a bit of a surprise drop. So, how you were mm-hmm. feeling when it dropped, and how you, were you excited? Were you hyped? Were you ready for it? Where were where you at, both of you? I'll take that first and say that I was pretty skeptical. It was a surprise. I know we had heard maybe for the last two, three years now that there was this Mad Lib produced Black Star album, but honestly, it always sounded not like a meme, but it just sounded ridiculous. It's like one of those like fake albums that are always supposedly in the works, but you never, they never materialize because the the players are just so high profile. But I'd say I was skeptical mainly because of Talib. I know Mm. he's been doing some I don't know all the details of it, but he's been doing some weirdo behavior on Twitter and like oh. there's all these all these things going around that have kind of sullied his reputation, I think, in a lot of circles, just of people being kind of annoyed with him. Mm. And I love Yassine. I really have nothing, nothing from that uh, negative aspect, but I just we haven't heard from him much. Mm. Heard him some features, but I wasn't sure if his head is really into making music. So the, I guess my my takeaway was I was skeptical of how this would really sound. Interesting. How about you, Sunro? Yeah, that's not a million miles away. Like I didn't, first of all, I wasn't sure that it would genuinely exist. And I thought yeah. that if it did exist, like I'd read all of these, not like not necessarily interviews, but all of these things that Talib said, he's like, 
oh, I had to ambush Mo Steph in the back of a Dave Chappelle show with an engineer and a mic. And I was like, that can't be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What? And yeah. then, and then when I heard it, I was like, well, it confirmed every bad thing that I thought about it. And I was like, it's still really good, but like, it surprised me because I'm like, this should have been worse. Mm. And then kind of the more I listened to it, it's like, but it also should have been better. I felt really yes. two minds about it in that it was like, it avoided being like unlistenable, like a, a terrible thing. It's definitely not that, but at the same time I'd make it, I'd always start the album. And I'm like, Oh, this is great. And I'm, and I like it. And towards the end of it, I'm like, I don't like it as much as when I started it. And that mm. seems to be kind of, where I've been stuck in terms of my appreciation of it, where it's like, I definitely like it, but considering the talent involved, like, I think it could have been better. Yeah, absolutely. I sometimes feel like I'm in the film prestige listening to this, like the Nolan, like I'm from one angle, one point of view. I'm like, fuck man, that is such a good song. Like there's moments where I'm like, and moments, mm -hmm. there were moments on this album that are just so good. And I'm like, that, that moment is so great. I wish I could stretch it and elongate it. Then I'm from the other POV where I'm like, this just doesn't work. Like this, this doesn't even make sense at one point. I'm like, this doesn't, like, I want it to make, you're almost wanting it to make sense. And I felt like I was uh, just coming from two different, I'm, I'm glad that you were there with me some more as well. Bef I just want to give it a bit of context, but I'll come back to you, Rohan. I was going to say, I was actually kind of mildly surprised Every time I drop anything on my socials, on Facebook especially, Black Star are so, like, there is such a big following for Black Star, more than they've dropped one album. Like, that's what makes me think, mm -hmm. it's almost like Nas dropping Illmatic and then going off to do group projects and never dropping a solo project again, but it's the reverse. And you're like, these guys have dropped music though, and but, but there's such a fervor. And it kind of rubbed off on me when we started seeing the tweets, I know it's been like two years. I think it's a two years old. Some people say that's album, you know, been sitting on the shelf for two years, pretty much. And I think um, that surprised me that how much people want this to work and want a return. Yo, 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 just breaking up this episode to tell you all about the Crate 808 Patreon, a place where you can help support the show so we can make you more dope rap chat and to go out there and get some bonus episodes under your belt and also get involved with the live chats with the Crate 808 crew and guests. Go to crate808.com or go to patreon.com slash crate808. Sign up for as little as buying us lunch every month. You can get two bonus episodes, including including hidden gem album reviews from the golden era of the 90s and also you get our series focusing on MF Doom and Jay Dilla and also the Wu-Tang Chronicles. Once a month we drop an album review of every single Wu-Tang member. We're going to go through every solo album and then review it for you guys and right now it's Ghostface. Go in there, get them Ghostface Killer Editions in your catalogue. So get involved, help us grow this show and yes, big yourselves up, enjoy the rest of the episode. Boom. But with that said, Rohan, what what did you think to the album generally? Then, like we've heard what Sun Sun Raw saying, what, what what are you saying to it then? I think you're both touching on some of the main points that that especially that I think what Talib, Talib said in an interview or some kind of like piece related to the record was that yeah, it was like made in guerrilla style. It was recorded in a guerrilla style, mm. recorded in dressing rooms and hotels, and that's the unfortunate takeaway, which is like it feels like it, mm. and specifically the way it was worded it sounded like yeah like talib was the one ambushing 
Yassin, not mm-hmm. the other way around. And I feel like we can hear that too, because what was pretty surprising to me is that like, generally speaking, I'm a much bigger Yassin Bey fan. I've loved like many people, obviously black on both sides, but the ecstatic is, is maybe even my favorite, but you can, I can debate that. I'm not even sure myself. Talib has some great work himself, uh, quality particularly, and then Reflection Eternal with high tech. But I've always been more of a Yassin Bey fan and just consistently, even in his sparse moments on like features, I've always loved it, not just Mm -hmm. liked it. But I was surprised that he sounds like he's on autopilot on some of these verses. And that was my biggest disappointment because Talib actually, I wouldn't say was in elite form, but he was definitely more locked in. And there was more moments rapping where I was like, oh, I liked that Talib quality verse. Whereas like Yassin, I'm like, that was all right. Some of the singing I liked. Uh, I think even just that little part on uh, Sweetheart, Sweetheart, Sweet Odd. Mm. Like, I really love the singing. I like the singing on the intro too. Mm. But for the most part, that was my main takeaway was that Yassine was kind of underwhelming. And then the other part was that it started off a lot stronger than it ended. I think the last, particularly the last song, last two are pretty good. But the middle part was pretty weak. I think it starts and ends pretty good, but the middle part is has like the my least favorite production moments and my least favorite rapping and singing from the both of them too. Oh, interesting, interesting. Because when I, it's interesting. Like I think about why they made this album. Obviously, there is a massive, like you know, it's like the chronic, you know, and, and detox. This is kind of myth around it almost, but mm-hmm. it's almost like they have literally just made this for black star fans and obviously reflected in the fact that they just put it on luminary uh and i just think they don't really care about anyone else they only care about that that ardent you know uh group of fans that i've talked about a minute ago and it's catering for them and not care about the critics at all really because in it, it maybe it's the era of fan service we're in at the moment where you get all the star wars content you're getting all the marvel content and it is kind of exactly that but the the thing that gets me now that the thing that kind of confuses me is that it it's more that than trying to make an artistic statement but it does have moments of of definite artistic statement if you know what i mean tendencies and i just think it's so hard to kind of tussle with that when you think are you trying to make a piece of art or are you are you really just doing this for the fans and then they put it on luminary and what do you guys think to that like as a platform putting it on a podcast platform. Where, where are you guys at with that? Do you have any takes on that? I mean, I think speaking to what you're saying about like doing it for their fans and how they have this passionate fan base. Mm. If you like, I, I was just beginning to be a hip hop fan around the time the first black star album came out. I, I probably actually missed the release date, but it was definitely like something that was getting played at the time. And I think that for a certain generation the fact that they were like the anti-puffy the anti-rough riders the anti-bad boy mm. and like they were the whole in in opposition to the jiggier which is hilarious because they jacked as many beats as puffy did <laughs> on that first album they jacked slick rick they jacked bdp it was mm. like i was there i was like wow for guys that are really complaining about this you sure do it a lot but that really that's the kind of i almost feel it's like that thing where if people that fall in love with punk as teenagers it becomes like this core part of their identity, like the values in the music beyond the music itself. So I think that's maybe why they have a particular fan base. And I mean, even talking about like Talib going weirdo on the internet, 
I feel that like for a certain amount, for a certain generation of like, we're the woke, you know, left-wing artists, mm-hmm. but, but now like the younger people are, you know, questioning maybe some of the values, like every generation gets reappraised in time. For some people, they're like, no, most Steph and Tom Quilly, they, they represent us. They, you know, yeah. they're the true, mm. you know, true lights of hip hop. So I feel that they must have a lot of, of fans like that. As yeah. for the, the podcast thing, I, I, you know, I pirated it. Like I didn't, you know, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I was, I was there and I was like, okay, you can do that. I'm just, you know, I'm not, I'm not signing up for a podcast for, for another podcast. We've all, network. we've all been brought up on LimeWire. So I'm sure yeah. they know. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Especially their generation of fans, yeah. of, you know, of all. They're like right in the Napster vibes. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What about you, Rohan? What do you think to that? All their fans or all their expectations, how they've come out with it? I, I think the way Sunra said that is very, very eloquent because in a lot of ways, they're not the only artists that have kind of been in a way reappraised uh, by the younger generation who are looking at those those quote unquote conscious rappers, like they called them back in the, like at least people fans called them back in the day mm-hmm. and looking at maybe what they stood for, or what they do now. And you kind of see there's a disconnect between what the quote unquote, again, quote unquote, I don't like the term, but conscious rappers are doing nowadays. And you see there is a gap and it's just natural. But to that point, I do think those fans are, are less bothered by the things that I would be potentially bothered by mm-hmm. when it comes to like what they're doing in their spare time or kind of, maybe the values that are instilled in their music or what they stand for now. But as it, as it stands for the artistic part of this conversation, you were saying the part that also boggles my mind is that, and was probably other than Yassin's performance was just that like, they're hinting at this like spiritual time traveling, like Afrofuturism theme and I find it's kind of like painted onto the album versus actually like embodied in the verses. At times it is. Mm-hmm. And at times it's mainly Talib. And again, goes back to like, he seems like he was paying more attention, mm-hmm. like really locked in a bit more. But this like no fear of time thing is mainly just delivered through the interludes. I think the conclusion, like that final mm-hmm. outro, that mm-hmm. was really powerful. I actually yeah. really liked that. And that was one of the only moments where I was like, this feels like it's building, it's yes. built to something but it kind of like didn't build it and just kind of presented at the end. I was like, Oh, this is actually really beautiful, but I don't really feel like it was carried out in a meaningful way. It was just like an assembly of songs mm. for the most part that have like a definitely had like content that was trying to say something. I just don't think mm. it was there much, that much depth to it. To I think honest. it's, there's a, there's a weird, uh, like you said, disconnect between them. This is an artistic statement. We're doing it backstage. We're doing it off the cuff. We're doing it, you know, hot. We're, we're, wholehearted artist as in like you know we don't need to sit down and write anything or, or like you know there's a lot of recycling on this album as we'll talk about in a bit i'm sure and yeah. i feel like they've got this and they're thinking this is not it's very andy warhol i'm in my you know in my warehouse i'm just doing this kind of really quick turnaround art but the problem is people have waited 24 years for it and you yourself have like really passionately argued uh, why this album has taken its time. I don't know if you saw uh, most talking uh, uh, Yazin talking to Talib and he was like, 
if you really want a Black Star album, go out and make one. Oh no, sorry, you can't because you're not Black Star. He was so angry about it. And uh, just as they've been about the whole luminary thing, put it behind a paywall, they very much believe people don't value art, but they put money into trainers and stuff like that, which some people would call art, I suppose. But I mean, mm. they're, they're, I think it's something like he said, I'm supposed to get half a penny for this labor or something. So they have all this this build up and they know how much people want it. And yet on the other end, they've kind of tried a esoteric like take on Afrofuturism, which I love. And there's moments like you've said, which is exactly that. And you think if you'd taken a, even another two years to just maybe nail it from the cover, the cover's incredible. I was so hyped seeing the artwork and then yeah, you're absolutely right, Rohan. It doesn't it doesn't feel like it's connected enough, or maybe the execution just isn't there. But as a personal point of view, this is a grower of an album. I like it more now uh, than mm -hmm. I did. And there are moments that I really, really like that moment there you've said is I love that. So if I, at least I've got that. Raymond Ridge, I need to talk to you about your testicles and in particular the hair on your testicles because yes support for crate 808 is brought to you by manscaped who is the best in men's below the waist grooming their products are precision engineered tools for your family jewels yes have a listen to that have a listen have a listen this shaver really does run at the speed of life <laughs> There we go. For the exhibit heads out there, there you go. It does run at the speed of life. It is. If you look on the camera, it's even got a little light for you there, mate. It's it's Rizza Razor Smooth. It's Rizza Razor Smooth, I would say. And this is what I'm talking to you about today. Ray, where, where do you stand on ball grooming, my friend? It makes me nervous. It makes me nervous a little bit. <laughs> it does. I didn't know I needed it until I had it. Ah. And that really is the sound of electric relaxation. <laughs> stop stop we gotta stop with the, do we have to stop with the puns i don't know maybe people love this well i actually was going to say to you is it hip-hop to have clean balls and this is the thing i thought and manscapes are great for this they even send you like um stuff to put on top after you've like shaved the balls like you know almost like aftershave for the balls or, or so you have scented scrotums and i thought scented scrotums is the best title for a cool keith song that hasn't been released yet so anybody who wants to go out there and make that track please let us know and also go out there and cop yourself one of these because the experience for any rap heads out there who like to walk you know with confidence and a little bit differently just like a hip-hop backpacker uniform you've got timberlands right you've got carhartt jackets you've got fisherman hats but now i do think we need to put clean shaven balls into the mix where are you with that no no i agree completely my opinion you gotta look after the twins so you can live that glamour life <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's good i heard this used by um Easy Dick in the Jackoff Hour. <laughs> <laughs> Easy Dick in the Jackoff. Keep bringing them. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. We've got an exclusive offer just for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code CRATE808 at manscaped.com. Get your 20% off and big yourselves up. Ray, I'm glad you've got clean balls and I'm glad you've got the knowledge now to get those clean balls because hip-hop's fifth pillar is knowledge. So thank you, Manscaped, for letting us know that we do all need to go out there and have clean balls. Thanks to, thanks to Manscaped. It really does look like OPP. 
and um, I think it was Cinema Sai who said, "Is what did he say again? Like it is a it is um." Uh, Pitchfork uh, review, Dylan Green. Anyway, I've got it written here. For all the hype, fans deserve something better than just good enough. And that's kind of harsh. But I don't know what you guys think to that. I, I think it's kind of kind of right, though. Um, I think for me, I mean, I'm going to bring some personal experience in this, in that I'm trying, like I'm at the last legs of finishing up my first full rap album with an MC. And I did it. No funding. Did it myself. It's coming out. You know, I'm not, I can't tease too much, mm. but we've got to mix it. We need to get some scratches in on a song and we've got to master it. And we've got to just make sure that we're cool with it. And, you know, it was recorded in the sense I was, it was during COVID. So I sent beats, he sent it back. We didn't have an overarching vision. It was definitely less haphazard mm. than ambushing someone backstage. But what I realized is recording songs and making beats is fun. Anyone can do, you know, it's not anyone can do that, but you can get a computer program and you can do it. And it's really fun. But that last 15, 20, 25% of mixing it right, of adding the skits or the song transitions so it works, of figuring out a track listing order, of getting cover artwork, of figuring out how you're going to present this so people respond to it, which, you know, obviously Blackstar didn't have that problem because they're Blackstar. And like as soon as they put, something out like people would respond to it mm. but that stuff is the real work of being in a in the music industry and i don't necessarily think that most deaf especially but also also are used to that like completely independent grind mm -hmm. like they had labels behind them certainly Very most deaf points. most deaf always had a label behind him talib has put out a lot more music and i'm sure he's a little bit more familiar with it to tell you the truth but it's it's hard and like i didn't see that side of it being executed well i think if they'd sat down in the studio like if they booked out you said two years two weeks in the studio to just review what they had and touch it up and have a you know let's say bob power engineer it you'd be golden it's not like they needed it's not like what they had wasn't good but it's it's the difference between having someone with fresh ears listen to it and say you could do this better. We need to work on this. This doesn't quite work. Are you sure you want to do that? Mm. That's something, you know, it's it's done because people always say like, oh, Dr. Dre made me rewrite my verse three times. You don't need Dr. Dre to do that. You just need to listen to someone as mm. if they're also Dr. Dre, but Dr. Dre is the only one who can pull that off because mm. he's got that giant house that we saw in that Ice-T documentary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Intimidating that house. I was intimidating. Yeah. Uh, 360 views. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah and uh, uh, that, thank you that's a very interesting point i'd not really thought about uh, the actual craft behind it um again you've waited so long maybe but then is it there i don't know like you said the lack of maybe even but then i can't think they would have reviewed it surely when they're sitting there they would have reviewed it but, but i i think the yeah. i think sorry to cut you off no, i no, think absolutely. the point that that is really interesting that sunra is bringing up is that I think again, especially Yasin, but Talib too, I don't think they're really used to this grind of like doing a lot of things on your own, being a lot more self-sufficient. Mm. And this is also something we saw um, with Nas and Nasir when he worked with Kanye. And what I mean by that is that obviously it's not like that was an independent record, but the thing that I think many people took away from that album was that, yeah, Nas did not feel comfortable and he didn't sound comfortable working in that environment where mm. Kanye was doing the whole, like he was in the ultimate, like I'm in that 
Andy Warhol. Like I'm in that mm. artistic, like off the cuff. It's all like the natural intuition. Mm. And Kanye is so much more like designed as a human to work in that. And even then he didn't always bat a hundred, but mm. when I listened to that album, I was like, yeah, I think Kanye did his part pretty well. I think Nas was the major reason that album was a disappointment. I, I really liked a lot of those beats. Mm. Um, and I think Yasin, based on his entire track record of being a guy, same with Nas, that takes his time, that doesn't just put out spur of the moment music. It sounds like he rewrites stuff. It sounds like he's very meticulous. I don't, I don't imagine the gorilla style recording was a great fit for him naturally. You can still make it work, but again, you need to listen. You have to do those other things. Then you really have to get some external help and really at least take your time in the revision process, which I'm not commenting on that they did or didn't. It just doesn't sound like they did. Mm, and they're yeah. not playing. I think that a lot of this albums that are like, I don't think many of the parties played to their strengths. I know we'll get to Madlib soon, but mm. I think this didn't help Yasin like to create his, create his best work. Yeah. It's funny. Cause uh, sorry, I, I, no, no, I wanted to respond to this before. Cause you, you mentioned that Talib sounded like he was trying harder on this album. And mm. I, I totally agree. It was just weird. Cause I was like, most deaf coast. I, I prefer most deaf coasting to Talib really trying. And, and to yeah. be fair, I'm not, I'm not going to be one of those, you know, there's a lot of podcast hate on Talib Kweli. <laughs> uh, you know, he does not, he, he's not beloved in this space. I will say, I really love that first reflection eternal album yeah, and yeah. the liberation and the liberation joint he did with Madlib. So it's, I'm not saying this to say the man doesn't have good rap music because he very, you know, he definitely does. But he like this is a project where it's like he wanted it to happen so badly that it didn't really matter if it was as good as what people expected. Mm, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I thought Talib was brilliant on this. Just being like, mm. I expected a lot less. I'm not. I don't know. Maybe something after all the stuff that we've heard in outside of the context of the actual music, right? Something cringy, something that's going to refer to that. It was a little bit of fear, a little bit of apprehension. Apprehension, thinking, please don't say, you know, something that's going to make me hate you, or like that just is going to grate. Kind of didn't, and kind of really leaned into what he's good at, which is very much making me. There are moments on this as well when he's talking about, you know, just race and society and all that. That still moves me. There are moments that Talib moves me on this album, which maybe I didn't expect it to happen as much. I know he dropped something with Diamond D uh, about two years ago, a year ago, something like that. And that didn't, uh, that should work, but it didn't for me as much. Um, one question I wanted to ask you then, because I've heard lots of different takes on this, uh, on the recycling element of this album. Mm. There are recycled beats that we've heard. Uh, I'm sure we'll dip into that. There are recycled verses. There are recycled Madly beats I've heard before. I, I know when, is it Mineral Mountains? Not, I, I kind of had it on the, on my edition of it. And I know it's not part of the album generally, but that's a Madly beat from back in the day. What do you guys think about it? Does it detract from the actual art for you? Does it detract from the listening? How, how, you, how do you, how does it sit with you? Yeah. The one beat that I didn't actually write it down. I half did my notes. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the one beat that bugged me was the one they reused from West Side Gun because mm -hmm. I massively prefer that West Side Gun song. Which, sorry, which one is that? So, um, so um, Ferragamo, how do you say it? Ferragamo Funeral, isn't it? There, the, no, no, yeah, no, I know the song, but remind oh, me which one on this Oh, my favorite, my favorite band. My favorite okay, band. Okay, right, 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, thank you. Between the two of us, we had both track titles. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, West Side Gun announced that Gunlib album like two years ago and like, who knows if it's ever going to happen, but I would just massively prefer that to 
pretty much anything because I'm a huge West Side Gun fan slash stand slash purchaser of t-shirts and whatever. Mm. Um, so to hear anybody else get on it was not going to live up to my expectations. Apart from that, it doesn't totally bother me. I mean, I listen to a lot of of dance hall and people mm. just jump on rhythms all the time or like use the, you know, use classic bars all the time in grime music. Uh, and I can't say that I followed up, you know, on the last 10 years of what most and Talib were spitting. So I, I can't say that I recognized everything that people were pointing out. It was only mm. when it was that, that Madlib beat because, you know, supposedly Madlib has so many, beats why would you reuse one or i think even the bonus track was also reused from something else Middle water. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah beat tape somewhere yeah yeah exactly it was like why would you use stuff that's already come out if he supposedly has you know hundreds and thousands of of beats but maybe they've chosen them maybe yeah. that that is the thing i was thinking which is it, it isn't like there aren't many like odd moments where oh that's a bit of a left-hand turn it does very much feel like they're at least thinking of a piece, like keeping it all. Right. So all the beats kind of, I can imagine them sitting there going, now nah, that one works better with this. It, but after over thousands, there may be many more that, that you know, Chris Quacks used some of these as well. I think, yeah. So I think there's a, I don't know. What do you think, Ben Rohan, about the whole like element of that? Does it detract at all for you or? It, it doesn't really too much. I, I'd say there's a difference between a recycled beat though and a recycled verse. I just think there's something different when I feel like I well, well when there is a verse that's been repeated on another song, it definitely does usually take away from it. Um, it actually often does. There's the only times it really doesn't for me is when it's like another rendition or another version of a song by the same artist. Like an example is Kanye has a homecoming on graduation, but then he has home, which is like the original version that went on freshman adjustment that has a different verse. And actually it feels like very enough verse, different beat. And it just feels like an entirely different song. It's not made for a stadium. It's like, so college dropout esque. Mm. And I like really love both versions. And it, cause I just feel like he actually made two different things, even though the verses are basically the same 99% mostly, mm. but the, the beats, I don't really care as much. Uh, I just think it's about what you do with them. And a perfect example is, uh, I think it's the Messiah music beat on Def C's, I think it's Snares mm-hmm. um, off of Trapdoor. Mm-hmm. That's easily one of my favorite songs of last year. And on that album is beautiful. It's so heartfelt. And then Makami had the same beat and they all released within like a month too. So it was like very, yeah. many people noticed it. And I think Makami did a great thing and it was completely different. Yes. Like it was not, they're not comparable. So it's like, I don't care. They're, it's a great quality beat. It's Messiah music we're talking about here. So it's great. Mm. So I don't have a problem with that. It's really what you do with it. That is a, a more of a factor for me. Yeah. Uh, just to go off on a massive tangent. If anybody wants a Makami like episode, I need to do one. So Rohan. Oh, let's, call me. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah, sign me up. Sign me <laughs> let's up. just do sign all of his albums. Hey, what's up? This is Black Thought, and you are now rocking with the Crate 808 Podcast. Yo, 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 yo. This is Stretch Armstrong. Ooh-wee. My name is Bobby Degossi, a.k.a. Cool Bob Love. You're now listening to Crate 808. Hey, yo, what up, y'all? This is Prince Paul, and you're rocking with Crate 808 Podcast. Yo, it's EV Evidence, Dilated Peoples. You're rocking with the Crate 808 Podcast, my favorite shit. Let's go. Yo, what's going on, y'all? This is Master Ace from Brooklyn, New York. 
and you're checking out the Crate 808 Podcast, Real Hip Hop. But yeah, you're right. And and it, I don't know if they did, for me, did not stand out. And I don't, I think there's a deeper thing to it. Like other art, if there's other art that have taken influence or you've redone your work somehow, Tarantino does his work over and over and over again, I feel. Uh, I know it's not blatantly ripping something like a beat, but he definitely has moments where I'm like, oh, that's just from Pulp Fiction or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, okay, so let's have... Do you know what? I just want to pull that. I got, I got okay. one thing. I just want to circle back because I thought it was really interesting what happened there. Mm. You mentioned Mac Homme and we all went, oh, oh my God. That's how people used to react to most death. <laughs> that is exactly how people use because he sang. Yeah. He rapped. He seemed like he was from another planet, but he was also steeped in New York. Mm. And the fact that, you know, we're talking about that, about a, another MC that just for better or for worse, that just shows like where the magic is right now yeah even though i still like the album and I, i'm happy that they you know i'm happy it exists i'm i think the Me world too. is better with no fear of time existing and and out for the people to enjoy than it would be without and i can't say that about every come rap comeback album 100 percent with you absolutely tribe I, I actually still listen to moments of that tribe album i, I love that tribe album that and one's one of the best rap comeback albums like, I, I, I think, think i think it is the best I, I, I now probably it probably is yeah i don't have one on the top of my head especially last 10 I, years last 10 years no one's done with fife too the whole fight thing involved like it was really had a lot of things where i was like this is going to be a throwaway i was like mm. he wasn't fully alive during the process even though i understand it actually was he had a lot of input in that he, he mm. named it too um yeah that that's just a i actually listened to that recently i hadn't listened to it in like a long time it it's just phenomenal. It's still good, right? I think they pull it off. Still good. I think it's really funny that Tribe basically retired with the love movement and Black Star was like, this is the new Tribe Called Quest. And Tribe had their comeback before Black Star. Yeah, <laughs> it's true, isn't it? That's so mad. Yeah. But then I think that's the thing. That's given me hope uh, that, you know, anyone can do it. Like if you really have it in you, you can do it. And it doesn't always, you know, majority of the time it doesn't really land. But 444, everyone talks about that one. That's another one that kind of did land. And it's it was a great album. Uh, I would say Magic. I mean, I'm not going to lie. That, that surprised me. Nas. And I was yeah. waiting to not like that. I'm not a massive fan of King's Disease. I think they're good, that they're solid. I just don't revisit mm -hmm. them really ever. Magic I revisit. So I don't know, something about that as well. But yeah, I'm always here 50 year old, 60 year old rappers to come back and do it. And I don't, there's many, I don't know if there's many other genres in music that you could be that old and still bring such good music out. Like definitely not in rock that I follow, definitely not in punk that I follow. So maybe, maybe electronic music. I can see some artists there, but generally I think hip hop's got that nailed for someone who's 50 to come in and I don't know, it's a young culture, right? And they're doing stuff, which is Afrofuturism with like socio-political ideas, but you're in space and that I loved. And I just want to pull that thread that you said Rohan earlier about that, which is the first thing I, the, my first experience of this album, this is actually, to be fair, you know, we've been talking about them fans, them fans on them comments. That's me. I've just realized because I was in Portugal on a family holiday, not supposed to do any, I was supposed to be concentrating on, you know, uh, my lad and my wife and we're having time away mm -hmm. for the podcast. And I hear it's dropping and I somehow managed to get a file on my phone. I've never done this before, but managed to get the files on my phone. And it was like midnight, everyone's asleep. And I was just in this little room in Portugal listening to it. And I was so into it. And I was thinking, this is amazing. My first listen was, 
but maybe it's the sun. Maybe it was, I was on holiday. I don't know, but I genuinely felt, oh my God, you know, and, and to go to them lengths. But the thing that hit me first and foremost was the Afrofuturism aspects. I don't know where this genre has really gone in recent years. I don't know what you guys think about that, the Afrofuturism feel to this album or like, is it something you like, enjoy it? Or is there other genres that films that are doing it? I don't know. Well, I think I definitely enjoyed it. And like mm. I said before, I think it could have been executed better in the sense of being more thoroughly invo like invoked in the verses and mm. just more present um, versus just kind of feeling like it was painted on a bit for context most of the time. Yeah. Uh, I would say I'm like super tapped into like really the history of it. So I don't really want to comment on that, but I will say that I have heard this more often recently. Like in a lot of like underground hip hop, especially, there seems to be, especially like artists like More Mother, like th like that's like probably the artist when I think of when I think of this, and also artists like uh, August Fanon has made music, and I think it was uh, props to Blood Money Perez. He mm -hmm. mentioned this on Twitter. It was something about this album was was being talked about in a conversation, and he said that he liked this aspect of the album, but he just felt like someone like August Fanon just does this so much better and he's just made this so many times i know that also because the other artist i was thinking of was um this artist that fanon's worked with many 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 times uh his name is kinsey babyface perlis mm. he is someone that is just like on another planet he's actually truly one of my favorite artists ever like i just think Whoa. if you haven't heard of him he's not that known yeah. i know but he's truly makes like the best music i've heard in a long time and it's all in the haitian voodoo uh, vibes and it's also music that's incredibly experimental so it's like he is like a haitian voodoo spirit in space and he plays around with this he's into like crypto and like not like that's really a part of the music directly but he's really into just like new digital futures it's crazy so Can i you think send it's me a interesting. link to that i will like yeah because that sounds like something it sounds like something i'll either really like or i'll get to the end of it and like I respect this, but it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and August Fanon's beats, uh, I have to say, it the best work he's ever done is with this guy. And they have like eight albums that they've made. I'm mm. not even joking. It's a lot. It's not. He's a, a brilliant band. producer. He is yeah. incredible, uh, prolific yeah. as hell as well as as Billy Woodson yeah. and Lucid will will attest to. I was actually going to say, Rohan, it was. Please do follow these guys on Twitter, by the way, if you're on Twitter, because they're great follows. And I actually listened to his few albums because you tweeted about it a few weeks back. And I oh, was yeah. like, I oh, routinely yeah. every couple months, I just you have do. to say, <laughs> people need to listen to this guy. You like, do. I'm you, telling you, you are flying. I'm in flag. love with it. But very hard to get into for me at the moment. But. As Sunrill said, I sit there and think, no, 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 I'm coming back to this at some point. I am coming back to this. And I did um, interview him too. You want to check that out because it, it provided, okay. it was actually funny. I interviewed him before I got into some of his more rare music because he he's mm. like Makami in the way, mm. follows in that trend of uh, pricing his music a certain way. So there's some albums that are quite expensive, mm. others that are more affordable. But um, that was even before I got and really would say I love him like as much as I do. But he provided some pretty interesting context to his time in as a vet and things like that yeah in the war yeah oh wicked well okay what did you want to say sunro was there something on that you wanted to say uh, yeah on the afrofuturism point i mm. i get i guess for me it that didn't smack me in the face that hard i mean obviously the album cover is a beautiful example of that but and i'm i'm not remembering exactly what came first but this was right around the time that Athiopes came out and i know yes. that as a guest on a podcast i'm obligated to say how great that album is <laughs> but 
I mean, I always come back to Woods's opening verse on nine X, which is like practically science fiction. Yeah. Just like a weird time. Tra- and I was like, that is so much more blatantly Afrofuturist to me than the, than the content on, uh, on mm. no fear of time. So it didn't really hit me that much, but obviously, you know, I might be particularly picky about this. I literally named myself after Sun Ra, the jazz musician who practically started that kind of Amazing. stuff. And I, you know, I love a lot of dub music going into the early bits of dubstep on hyperdub, which was really steeped in that kind of iconography. Yeah. And, uh, so in that sense, like I might not be the best, um, you know, the best person to, to be impressed by it. I'll be like, Oh yes, I've, I've seen this on the, mm-hmm. but like, if it gets, you know, a kid or even like someone in their twenties who hasn't really like come into contact with that kind of idea and that kind of, of aesthetic and culture, I mean, more power to them. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it's just one of those things where it's like, you end up listening to so much music when you're a music obsessive that maybe the problem is you and you're the one who's a little <laughs> yeah. bit jaded. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that, I think in, in my case, it might be that just because, <laughs> you know, it's like, Oh, I'm listening to this underground album. That's, you know, way lower. And, and even then like Rohan's bringing up an artist I haven't heard. Yeah. Like, oh, that's really exciting to me. <laughs> so maybe, you know, I think that, you know, it's not necessarily them. It might be me in this case. I feel you. I feel you. Obviously, those young listeners will have to have a Luminary subscription to be listening to this. <laughs> so any young Luminary listeners out there, go check out Black Star. It's already, you know, free for you. So it's fine. Uh, but this is what I mean. This is, uh, this is the, in- I just hadn't expected that take from them. Very different from their first album in a way. Uh, also, the first album has a lot more statements, I feel. I think in this, there isn't that same wavelength again. They're on different weight. That's the interesting tension, though, I feel. I guess or, or like not tension, but like Talib's like immediately coming at you, telling you, you know, yes. 2020 yep. energy. Yazine is like, Yazeen Bay is almost like floating ahead, like above him, you know, and just kind of like assessing the spiritual side of almost everything. And which doesn't always make sense on some tracks. And I wanted it to make more sense. Uh, but let's go into some of those tracks though. Uh, and we need to talk about Madlib as well, generally, when we do this. Uh, is there any tracks then that we have here uh, that we talk about most rewindable moments uh, or hidden gem moments that maybe you think that ha- people haven't talked about yet as this album's only been out like a few months? Anything from you guys? Rohan, have you got anything? Uh, I'd say my most rewindable moment was the final track, but specifically Talib's verse. I think that was his best mm-hmm. in terms of like the content. I think like he says, uh, like he has some pretty thoughtful poignant bars and i think he had an urgency to it i think he had an urgency like a sense of like like you said he was coming with this energy like this mattered what he was saying mm. which he normally does but i think it it, it worked on this album um that's but, no fear uh, of time isn't it the track no fear of time yeah yeah the final yeah. yeah the closing track no fear of time i really like that that i think he has the opening verse and then i'd also say like it's kind of like a i'm kind of like adding two things here but the he also had one of my favorite pure like moments, like the mm. hottest bar on um, what is the the main thing is the main thing to make it the main thing. Whatever mm. that title of the track is, keep it the main thing. It, yeah, yeah. Though I love the way Talib starts his verse because like Yasin is asking like, "What is white supremacy?" and then he says, "Mental illness." And we and then he has that like really dope flow to start it off. I just mm. loved how like jarring that was. Yeah. So that's like probably the one like one of the few times I'm getting really perked up and like excited to like hear a part of the album. And mm. then 
hidden gem i'd say is just the singing from yasin at the end of sweetheart i just love that part mm. it's small but it's it's fantastic but it's a moment absolutely oh yeah how, how about yeah. you sunro i would agree uh with the main thing that was like a clear standout to me uh the beat is spooky and like mm-hmm. you're saying like talib just launches into it that one was a favorite i think um sweetheart 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 uh that one to me it it gets it gets the closest to that original black star vibe it's very soulful it's warm so that one like it felt good to listen to it's one that i might like replay or put in a playlist or something if ever it makes its way to something that i a platform where i can playlist it on <laughs> um I mean, I, one of the, I, I know that we're going to eventually get to Madlib, but I think he, he really handles a lot of heavy lifting on the album. I'm curious as to how he participated in it, because the sense that I get is that Talib had a beat tape or several beat tapes and they just ended up choosing off, mm. off of those. I, I don't get the impression that he was like really involved uh, to the point where I think like maybe if he had been the mixing on the album might have been a mm. bit better. Uh, from an audio, you know, uh, not that I listen to hip hop necessarily for like crisp fidelity, especially mm. underground hip hop. But I do think that that goes into the just kind of like that care aspect where they could have, you know, done a little bit more in terms of mixing it down. Mm. Uh, and, and I also in terms of a hidden gem, like the hook on No Fear of Time, when the horns come in, yeah, the horns. Uh, it's just really, really just like you you get chills like there there's. It might not be like on every song or the entire song, but they still has these moments on that album where like they get the magic going and Mm. it makes it all worth it. And I think that's a good example of it. Yo, yo, what up? This Big Capadon and you listening to Crate 808 on the gate. Word up, don't hesitate. You know what I'm saying? Cappuccino the Great in your mind state. Straight up and down, Wu-Tang Killer Bees on a Swarm. What up, world? This is her favorite color, BLU, holding it down on Crate 808 Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Crate808.com. Hey, y'all, this is Send Dog from Cypress Hill. Listen to the Crate 808 Podcast. Yeah, what's up? This corrupt young Gotti, Dog Pound, H-R-S-M-N, or and I want to let y'all know one thing. Crate 808. What's up, Raz? What's up, Rup? This is Raz Cass representing that HRSMN, No Vowels, Horseman. And you are now tuned in the Crate 808. That, that, no fear of time just made me think about cherishing Madlib more. This is a beat he's probably had sitting there for however long. And I love the horns on that. And they are my most rewindable moment is, is those horns on that as well. And uh, uh, although I love Bay and especially with his like float on lyrics and stuff like that, I love that. I don't actually know if I can do, that's one of the ones that confuses me. I don't understand. I haven't, another one is sweetheart. I can't decipher. I know Talib, what Talib's kind of getting to, but with Yazin's, it's, it's, it's harder to almost unlock it, which is kind of nice. Cause I like a bit of a challenge. I love car. Mm-hmm. So I like a bit of a challenge like that. I'm just not sure if the reward is there with Yazin on parts of this, where I want to absolutely, let's try to sit down and really talk, think like, let it soak in. But Unlike someone like Billy Woods or, you know, Lucid, those things, they hit me and, I, and they're so rewarding. Um, on No Fear of Time, I think there was quite interesting when Talib came out with a lyric I loved where it was like, uh, I think he's talking about um, just like 
being classed as a victim, victimization, and and what it means to be classed as a victim in society. It's an interesting angle to look at, like race, and you know, I think he talks about something Olympics. I can't remember oppression Olympics. Or yeah, something. oppression Olympics. Yeah, yeah, that's the same verse I was saying. I really like. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and I just want yeah. to pick up on that because I think he comes in with we know better, we know metals, no rose petals, and that we know better, we know metals, no ro- not rose petals. And that really hit me where I was like, fuck man, that, that is that. And wow. He had that moment where I thought, Talib, yeah, fuck man, you are bringing it with that. Um, but I don't know if Yazid has it as much. Um, but yeah, Madlib then let's talk about it. Like, I just want to kick off with you because I find this an interesting answer people usually give. What does Madlib bring to to you to your musical like palette that no one else does like what do you go to him for what does he bring that no one else does for you in hip-hop uh big question i mean I know, but. yeah it's a it's a big question it's it's you cannot in my case i cannot overstate how influential madlib has been on me like even as a musician like his approach to just taking or chopping a sample or even just looping it and not overdoing much uh, once I found out that like, I was like, you can do that. It just completely changed, uh, how I view things. I mean, him sampling Sun Ra and Shadows of Tomorrow on Mad Villain, huge moment for me mm-hmm. as well, obviously. Um, at the same time, it's, it's interesting to me because there's this while in the two thousands where he was just clear and above the best producer in hip hop to me, at least on an underground level, on a sample level. And nowadays he's still really good, but he's not as prolific and he's maybe not um, at the center of the conversation as much. So I was really happy to hear him come through with these beats and for it to be like a good, solid rap project. Um, I do wish that some, you know, uh, there hadn't been reused beats. We mentioned that earlier, Mm. but I mean, I can't, you know, there, I cannot not Madlib. He's just really, really great at what he does and the mystery that he has around him. I just feel that there's so many artists today like that, that anyone who is pre Marsburg, let's say, uh, you know, that was the role model. And like, you know, we're talking about August Fanon. I don't think we have August Fanon quite the same way without Madlib. And I, and, you know, unfortunately, because Dilla passed, um, you know, we don't have him around, but like Dilla is the one that most people will refer to. It's like, oh yeah, it's like a, a acolyte of Dilla, acolyte of Dilla. But Madlib quite is kept, I think, is probably had even more of an impact mm. on underground hip hop production. Um, I was actually surprised that he handled it himself, and I'm surprised they did not have any uh, Dilla beats on this one, though. Yeah, I will say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I think on Madlib, just before we move to you, Ryan, I was going to say on Madlib, he, I kind of see that i kind of see the impact i hear messiah music and although it is different there are definite roots to madlib's just daring just kind of moments of and i'm not sure on this album if there are daring moments and maybe that's what Mm. they weren't going for it's a it's kind of playing it safe in the remit they've given themselves there's not many left-hand turns which madlib is fucking great at beat conductor in india like that People don't talk about that album. I don't know what you think, bro. Oh, yeah. Background, I actually right? I have it in my notes because right? it's relevant to something. It's C- my favorite shit. I can't wait to hear that. I was going to say that when I first heard that, 
it made me feel so fucking proud as an Asian guy being like, fuck, the, look what hip hop that I love can do with the music that I've been brought up with. And on top of that, I remember going in my car, playing it. And my father-in-law, some Gujarati guy, never like, he loves Queen. That's what he loves. That's his, that's his English palette. And he was like, what is this? I was like, yeah, this is Madlib. And I got my father-in-law into Madlib, which is mad. So I just wanted to say that. It's, it's incredible. Rohan, what did you have? What did you have? I'm looking forward to hearing that. So to, I'll start by saying like what I go for Madlib, like to your, mm. to your earlier question, I'd say we both kind of said it like those daring, those daring, quirky, eccentric moments that are so raw and like just shouldn't work, but do. Mm. And like, there's like always a grittiness. There's always a weirdness. He birthed Lord, Lord Quaz. I think that's just like legend. He's already a goat just from that. That's like one of my favorite albums. And just is so it just genuinely puts a smile on my face. It's just complete madness that he created that. It's just hilarious. Yeah. Um, but like more specifically to the music, like, technically speaking like i just love how he mastered like this rough texture and made it just it's such a defining trait of so much of his music and what i as i bring it to no fear of time i don't think similar to like what i was saying with yasin i don't think this album played to his strengths but i don't think it's really just because of the black star situation and how they created it it's because I felt this way about Madlib's instrumental album last year. I think it was last year, Sound, Sound Ancestors, Ancestors. Mm -hmm. which I like. It's very, it's still very good music. Like I'm not trying to like Madlib is a genius. Everything his B level is still great, mm -hmm. but this is just kind of like it. It 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 doesn't play to his strengths of being able to be have those moments of left field daring boldness where it's just like crazy quirky. Mm -hmm. It's often staying in the kind of like box of mm. i'm making this music that like it is trying to fit in the theme and i think it does it has this kind of like ethereal feel there's a lot less harsher rougher mm. moments it's a lot more smooth it's a lot more standard and like easy to rap over a lot more spacey and i don't think those are ever things that i've said madlib's great at i think these beats are pretty solid Mm -hmm. there's some good ones but the good ones don't fit that bill like sweetheart is probably the best true madlib beat here um the main thing beat mm -hmm. is also the most rambunctious i also love that and then no fear of time is probably the only time he met like i think he really hit it out of the park making a, a beat that fit this theme yeah but for the most part like yonder supreme alchemy oh, i love supreme alchemy's production i don't know this i mean, i'm I not that. a i'm not feeling it it's not like it's bad but it's just mm. below his below his weight class i think like there's not a lot mm. of personality to some of these beats and they just kind of serve as like solid, smooth backdrops for uh, Talib and Talib mm. and Yassin. Fascinating. I like when the beat. I like when the beats are like a larger driver of the energy of the songs. Like so be it. Mm. Going to the beat conductor in India, I listen to that and I'm like, yeah. yes, fuck <laughs> yes, man. This is what he did. And beat conducting yeah. is my favorite Mad Lib instrumental album. And but even when I listen to that, I'm like, I just want to put on Beat Conduct in India. And I did that <laughs> like right after. I was like, I just want to listen to this. This is like similarly similar to you, Cam. Like, that's the feeling I felt. It's like, damn, he made my culture like hip hop and he yeah. made it like not just decent. Like, it's truly incredible. Every beat after beat. It's so fucking brilliant. Yeah. yeah. I just think this cleaner sound, the spacey sound didn't, didn't was it? He's not the best at this. There's other art. There's other mm. producers that do this better. Interesting how old these are. 
these these songs could be really old and be i'm not calling them off cuts at all i think supreme alchemy's actually got really good production but that, mm -hmm. that's what i mean there's i think there is that element of they've picked them who knows how old these beat tapes are what's he working on right now you hear what he does with freddie and it's like that's mm. different man. that is different and um yeah so on supreme alchemy though i just wanted to say that talib on that as well was was great i think there's one moment what does he say now again i'm, I'm going to it now talib has moments man on this album where we defined by our uh by our memories it's such a throwaway line to some people but for me right now on my uh, in my life my daily basis i'm tussling with this kind of idea of getting old having a kid and having a wife going through fucking so much trauma over the covid thing all this shit and then you have him saying we're defined by our memories and i'm constantly talking to my wife saying you know the one thing you have left when someone leaves is memories and there's mm. moments again where you think yeah like i don't know if he, he didn't mean that whatever but you take art and you convert it to your life right and uh, i think there's moments in that track that really get me um another one and it fits with the theme too like the no fear yeah. of time and again it's just like i yeah. think there could have been more maybe it's not all on talib but there could have been more to to flesh that out because that's a really i didn't even really like i didn't immediately catch that line mm. uh, or remember it until you brought it up that's that is really like interesting that's an interesting thought because mm. sometimes memories you know they are great to have but sometimes we just let that be all that we think about and all that drives us and then the rest of our life yeah it's just what empty like it's very kurt vonnegut like, it's very kurt vonnegut yeah. it made me think of reading kurt vonnegut's idea of time and then this album has the time thing and i was thinking oh, i wonder if they're going to do unstuck in time they're going to do something there they they didn't do it as much as we talked about but i always think like even, even when they're saying stuff like um I don't know, having, being as we are, you know, kind of artistically inclined at times, you're, you make music, some raw, we make podcasts as well. So it's like this kind of idea of what's they say, you'll always be the winner if you decide what the metric is. And I thought right. that is perfectly put for, in my position, who is in a crowded space, always trying to, and I've started like that i always started thinking no i'm going to do this because I, I love the culture i want to just do it it doesn't matter about success but as you get bigger and you are in it for a while you do those demons do creep in and you think how do i get bigger how do I? no it doesn't matter and and this album did ground my feet again and i need that sometimes and it's like yeah that's that's so again i don't know if it's just me reading too much but those are the things that were hitting me after and those ones supreme alchemy man and the doom reference like about i think he has a dinner reference mm -hmm. on there as well so yeah uh, you know i still can't believe doom's gone so to hear him uh, say something like that again it's gonna hit me anyway um and i think it says something about slowing down and accelerating notions of time again again yeah. maybe you know they're not they're not blatantly all over the place but they are little little threads uh so well, go on yeah i was i mean in terms of what we're talking about like metrics and success uh i'm not remembering who i said this to first but i always said like being a rapper is the hardest thing for people to accept because the idea of success for a rapper is just ridiculous amounts of money so you can't be like unless you are driving around and like you know, a luxury car, people are like, oh, you're a struggle rapper. And I just remember being a DJ. It's like, I could have played the shittiest bar and people were just impressed. Like, oh, you're a DJ. I was like, yeah, I play that bar. It's like, oh, wow, that's so cool. It's like the, the amount of pressure that you have to have, you know, 
even if you're, if you like at this point, I've pretty much stopped DJing, but I can like look back on my like quote unquote career and be like, oh, yeah, I did some pretty cool stuff and everyone accepts it. Whereas if I put in that same amount of effort to be a rapper, everyone would be like, well, that guy was a failure. <laughs> like yeah. he, did, he did some shows. Uh. Yeah. yeah. But it's yeah. so, so, I mean, for, for them to be two, um, you know, veteran rappers who, you know, especially if they're saying that streaming isn't paying them, like, I feel that there might be a certain amount of a certain sense that like, maybe they should have gotten more respect from the industry, which, you know, we can debate that, you know, as much as, as we want. Mm. I mean, the content in the album, you know, it does, you know, it, it's at least it's a little more positive than that. There is that sense of reflection. I do agree with you. Mm. I wish, you know, it, it always comes back to like, I kind of wish that most Def would have been a little bit more involved beyond spitting a verse or a hook or, or just doing that, like, especially mm -hmm. with Madlib involved, because we know just how much most Def loved uh, yes, maybe I should say his, his mm. name correctly, but we know how much he um, he loved MF Doom. You yeah. know, he's, he'd go around just spitting entire Doom verses. So yeah. to maybe have that, you know, more daring, uh, wacky left field sense of things that Rohan brought up, mm. um, you know, that could have helped the project. But again, we'll never know. But you know what? Saying that the link there is there. So be it is a Doom beat. That is a Doom beat. As soon as I hear so be it, I was like, yeah, I can hear Doom on this. Doom would. You know, you have their moments, and that's a and that kind of it's almost like a 50 style kind of chase thing to it. I don't know, it's weird. I can't really put my finger on it, but Moses Yazin's on that and fucking rewarding all of my love for him. And that is a reason that's from White Drapes. That's a that's a verse god about 10 years ago maybe even now so i think that that's a long time ago he's reworking a workshop actually you know what people should go out and listen to call out culture's version of because they noticed that as well and curly castro came up with something really interesting a big up Kurt castro because he said um that it sounds like yazine is workshopping he's workshopping mm. his flows to then maybe use somewhere else and i know he has said, you know, this is an artistic statement, you know, we're putting it so you can, you know, it's, it, they, they're very much behind it as a work of art. Uh, and to him to recycle a verse from 10 years ago, I, I didn't mind it. I thought it was fine. I couldn't remember the white drapes first until I thought, you know, look back and dig a little bit. And um, yeah, I don't know what you thought about that, but Castro might have it on there. Like it does feel like there are moments where he's, he's workshopping it a little bit. I think, um, that's also we're seeing the difference in where Yasin and Talib Kweli are in the sense that I get, I get the impression that Talib thinks this is his last best chance to make a big impression mm. on the rap world. Whereas I think if Yasin Bey were to drop an album next year, people would immediately tune oh, in yeah. and be interested, which <sighs> is not necessarily, you know, you can say it's fairer if it's not, but that's the vibe I get. Mm. Even after December 99th, is it not December 99th? That was... Yeah. But even then it wasn't, uh, it wasn't, I remember I like for the first five minutes after that dropped, I was like, whoa, 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 what the fuck? A new mm. most, like a new Yassine Bey album. But then I heard about the background of it. And mm. if I'm not like, just the fact that it was named differently and it sounded like it wasn't really supposed to be treated like a true Yassine Bey album immediately. I was like, mm, okay, mm. I listened to it and I wasn't, I don't remember anything about it. I remember not liking it, but I genuinely, it was like, that was like six years ago. Maybe it's yeah. my it's aged great. I don't know, but mm. I I agree with that perfect the, that that statement exactly. Like he can drop just a just say it's a Yasin Bey production uh, a Yasin Bey solo album that is new material. 
30 minutes, people will go crazy on that immediately. Mm. Talib, not at, not at all. And he's made more music too since Black mm. Star. So it's pretty clearly not the case. And that's interesting. I feel like that might be a, I would love to know like what that dynamic is between them because I'm trying to think of like Outcast. Although Big Boy, I think, gets disrespected generally from the public and they think he's like just such a level below Andre. And it's always stupid when people say that. But we do kind of know that people generally perceive Andre as like this mythical creature. And Big Boy gets respect, but not as much. But still, Big Boy gets enough respect and mm. has had a lot of success without Andre. Like Run the Jewels, a more newer like thing lp had a cult following before killer mike if anything was the smaller artist and mm. now both of them if they released a solo i think both would get quite a big reception i think there's a pretty significant imbalance between like where their profiles are and their stock are in the game mm. and i wonder if that played in a part i feel like it would have to be especially because talib was the one who was really pushing for this mm. it only makes sense that he kind of felt the urgency and Yasin's like yeah yeah we'll do this and yeah i think we hear it yeah just on this Yazine tip then, we're talking about Yazine now. Just some favorite moments, if you guys have any of Yazine Bay of Most Death. Like, it doesn't have to be a whole album, just moments like, I always love the verse on uh, Oh No, I always think that make you pour you pride of the rocks and make you swallow it all is still one of the best ways to put that. Uh, but I think um, uh, there's one moment I wanted to bring up was The Woodsman. And it made me, you know, just listen to this mm. album, I was like, oh fuck, yeah, I forgot. He was the cop in The Woodsman, which is the darkest film. And he was he was that. That's what he was doing. These independent features, really good acting. And I know that he changed his name, like, you know, to counter that kind of Hollywoodization of him a little bit, which obviously he, he led into a little bit. But I want to just bring up The Woodsman and just say to people, if you haven't watched that, if you want to just see what he was capable of, like on the screen, that that is amazing. I don't know if you guys had any others um, that, that just kind of stood out to you uh, as moments from Moses career just like generally I mean, like music like yeah music, generally right? music okay. or stuff that you know that if someone was to talk about most death to you what moments are you think yeah love that those you know those I moments mean, U- Umi says is an easy one that one just always that was like the one that because I'm I mean I'm much younger so I mm-hmm. I only got into only got into uh, most deaf at the time black on both sides. I think I only listened to it for the first time in like 2009 right. or something, 2010. Honestly, actually, I think it's much later. It was 2012, 2013, because I remember I was on a trip with friends to Cuba and I listened to that album exclusively, like when we were on our downtime of not drinking profusely. Amazing. Um, Right. And that's like a great Cuba album. Yeah, oh, really yeah. That matches like the vibe perfectly. <laughs> it does. Really and is. it was like such a, it was like my grad trip type thing. So I was really all reminiscent and like in my feels of like, oh, I'm aging. <laughs> it's just like such a funny album to listen to in hindsight. Amazing. But I'd say Umi says, and I'd say um, Priority off of mm. The Ecstatic, produced mm-hmm. by Preservation. That's probably my favorite isolated moment of just like perfection from him. I just love the beats insane. And I just love, that's like a great summation, of like what he stands for. It's like, uh, like, cause even the way he, I love the way he talks about spirituality. Cause I'm not really religious, mm. but I feel every word he says, even though I don't believe necessarily yeah. in like a prototypical God. And, but still that was just, it's just marvelous how he puts that. It's so st- frank and to the point and you can just tell he means it. It's passionate love and that. I love it. Love that. About you, Samuel, anything, anything, um, I'm actually gonna, yeah, you know, I'm gonna echo a couple of Rohan's points, but 
the ecstatic is great. And that's actually my favorite thing that most F has been involved in. Mm-hmm. Um, not just because it's, it's a really strong album on its own, but it dropped in 2009, which was not my favorite year mm-hmm. for hip hop. And it kind it kind of came out of nowhere. It didn't have much of a buildup and he just like, appeared out of the blue and dropped like an incredible album. He did kind of the same thing that Erica Badu had done the year before with yeah. uh, New America Part One. Yes. So it's this, this mini wave of Soulquarian affiliated artists coming in at the end of the decade when, you know, music was kind of in this in-between space and dropping these really strong, mm-hmm. like I would say classic projects. 2010. Um, yeah, twenty yeah, twenty nine, twenty ten. They were all really great. Mm. Um, I mean, Umi says is a great song. Actually, the uh, I don't I don't know if uh, you guys have heard this one, but there was a zero seven remix of it that mm. I used to drop a lot in the club, and it's a really. I mean, on one hand, it makes it a little more like dance floor palatable, but it's mm. just a really strong remix from like kind of the peak of of their career. So I like you know I love that one. That's uh, love that a favorite. And yeah, I, one of just my favorite cameos that he did was in the Talladega Nights movie, where he's just a, f- a friend of Sasha Baron Cohen's. <laughs> oh yeah, F one, F one, which to me was just yeah. hilarious because if there was one rapper that an F one driver <laughs> would be friends with, like it, like sipping his espresso, it would be you know most at the time most F like yeah. the sophisticated yeah. ruckus records like mm-hmm. artists like European. like to me that was. Just, mm-hmm. Like, I really like that movie because it takes the piss out of, like, the American side with NASCAR and also the... It, like, I, I I thought that it didn't pull its punches on either side. Mm, and that's mm. what made me really like that movie. And, yeah, that whole scene was just like, that's most F. What the hell is he doing there? That's amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. It, on those little moments, though, like, not cameos, but song, like, okay, Ecstatic gets all the love. Black on both sides is my top you know the first album i ever bought on this podcast was black on both sides so you can see how highly i rate it but i think um especially actually think about it main thing the main thing track that beat is something that would work on and i know no one's gonna like this but true magic and i love mm. i've talked about true magic before and i think other 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 guests have told me they're not gonna come down with me on this road but i'll see if you two do i think true magic and i remember hearing it at the time falling in love with it clear clear like like cd cover there was no album artwork before kanye did it 10 years earlier or whatever and mm. i remember just riding the dlr to work like i used to work in live radio at that time so i used to be up like 4am listening to true magic all the way to the bbc to get some work done and then i'd be coming home and i'd be like fuck this album is amazing and that was before i started really going into the internet reviews of it mm. and then seeing that everyone hated it and i was like how like I think fake that beat could work very well on True Magic. I'm not sure if people like this album or not. It, it could, it could. Mm. Yeah, I I actually think uh, I need to listen to that album again though because I don't. I remember listening to it very long time ago and mm. similarly. But that's the thing. I listened to it in the context of hearing that it wasn't very good. It's just yeah. poison the well. That's the thing about the internet sometimes, or a lot of times, that mm. it's so easy to just get a stupid bias. Like that's happened to me way too many times. Like yes. as I started to expand my scope when I was getting like as a young adult into like other forms of music, hip hop or not, and just getting introduced to music with the wrong bias, either it's way amazing and I'm like, this isn't that great. Mm. And then I revisit it five years later and I'm like, okay, wow, this yeah. is like dropping me dropping me dead right now this is incredible that's happened a million times and it's just taste 
I don't know. Maybe it's also like circumstance. Some albums I like like a lot more than I, a lot more at the time than I do now, which is yeah. fine. Like, Wash the Throne. I remember I had my wisdom teeth pulled out, oh, and I was just like, de- like incapacitated for two weeks. But I bought that album on CD in the really beautiful like packaging George Condo mm-hmm. thing, and I loved it. I I just think now it's like it's solid, but it, damn, that was a missed opportunity. That's all I feel now. It's like that was could have been yeah. classic, and it wasn't, but. Yeah, we're, we're we're a weird bunch of rap nerds well music nerds i suppose generally we like you know I, I have that as well i listen to fake bonanza to this day and i think his first verse on there is one of my favorite yazine verses just generally and no one talks about that track and so just anytime i can do it on my platform just to big that up and uh, i probably don't listen to the whole album enough and now i'm too scared to that's another thing where you think don't no i don't want to ruin the precious you know mm. thoughts and things i have in my head i don't want to ruin any of those we're really weird i'm not know. sure if i heard it now that i'm thinking i think the internet scared me yeah i wasn't downloading that much at the time and i read all the reviews and i was like i'm not gonna i didn't have that much money at the time so mm. i was like oh i'm not gonna spend 20 dollars on this cd yeah it yeah. doesn't have a cover and that he seems to be <laughs> Yeah. doing to get out of his contract or whatever. And that was what, how I perceived it. But now that I'm thinking about it, I should go back and listen to it. Yeah. Do you know what? It didn't take out of his contract. But remember at that time, I mean, most was in my three top three yeah. for like 10 years after back, back on both sides. I yeah. think you have to remember, he's still at that level of rhyming. If you're not liking the beats, the rhymes alone are like, oh, okay, now he's, he's definitely bringing fire, um, which actually is one of my favorite bars on the one of the hottest bars on this album is Yonders when Yazin says, I think, yeah, it's is Bay. He says it's a heart trending work of staggering funk crushing. And that should be on t-shirts. That should be on like that is so mind-bending. It's a heart trending work of staggering fun crushing. I'm still trying to, but then you've got the fun crusher thing in there as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The fun crusher plus thing. And it's just a really Again, does it mean anything? I don't know, but it sounds great. And it's it's that, you know, we've talked about Ghost before, so you've been on the Patreon, we've talked about Ghost. Ghost has their moments like, that sounds amazing. But if I, if I really try to untangle it, does it, you know, equate to how good it sounds? And it doesn't but, matter if it does. That's the point. And that's what Ghost, I, I know Ghost is the one that's been quoted recently as like when he talks about Supreme Clientele. Mm. He's like, it doesn't need to mean anything. The art is just, in what you just said if you said it sounded amazing that's the whole point it doesn't mm. need to be deep and have this like substance to it from a i don't know content perspective that's when people get a little too academic about music yeah that's weird because when Go- when ghost said that he was like it doesn't have to mean anything I'm like sure it does it means that like i i've listened to it so much that i you might not remember what you meant but i've listened to this so much yes. that i think i have a, a pretty decent idea of what you were thinking and, and the, woods woods has actually said this because there's a, I, I don't know if he said it in response to, to me on Twitter, or he said it in response to someone, or he said it in an interview around Atheops. He was saying how, like, he really, re- he, like, definitely appreciates people reading into his lyrics and stuff. But, like, he's like, a lot of times people are interpreting things I never meant. Mm. But he says, I think he said something along the lines of, just because I didn't mean it doesn't mean your interpretation isn't valid. And that was, like, exactly. that's the key. Because I, there's a line on no hard feelings off Atheops where he says uh, um, something flipping through channels like uh, case closed, bacon shows. And I thought he said bacon, like cop, like as in a pig. Uh... And then it was like cold cases he said before. I'm like, damn, is he like, and then the way he was bacon, it was so just gross. And like, just mm-hmm. like, again, like definitely not a statement in favor of the cops. Like it's clear, like just showing bacon shows, case closed, 
cold cases closed, like just showing the depravity of like surfing the channel, another person stabbed yeah, on a train yeah. and like the cops do their bullshit. Someone's and it's like, no one's saved. It just sounded so bleak, but mm. I think what he actually said in all the lyrics says baking shows like baking. baking. Shows. Yeah. Like, I don't know what this, well, I don't know what this is when I'm trying to do like cooking. Shit, you know? He's probably yeah, watching the British bake off. And I was like, so disappointed. And I was like, I thought this was the yeah. craziest verse and like the craziest line, but then I'm like, doesn't even matter. Yeah. My, my yeah. interpretation, I was valid. I was like super pumped. It's like, I'll keep yeah. it. That's art. That's art, man. Yeah. That is art. For like 10 years before I got on the internet, I swore that like Q-Tip was saying, relax yourself, piece of clam. On like <laughs> Midnight Marauders. It wasn't until the internet relax. came up and was like, you know that, he, you know, you know that that's not what he relax said. Yourself, like, oh, I was like, I oh. just thought that he was talking about seafood. And You've like, ruined I, I that song for me now. As a <laughs> well, you, know, you never heard that. <laughs> no, no, that is, oh, fuck. Yeah, Jesus. I don't know if I'm going to come back to that now. That's amazing. But this is what I mean. This, this, this is it, man. This look. I grew up on Bone Thugs and Harmony. No one knows what they're saying. You know, no one over here, especially. So it's about the art of it. So I'm absolutely there with you. Before we wrap it up, I just want to talk quickly about thoughts on here. You know, as a feature, Black Thought on here, we can't be remiss of us not to talk about the Colossus. That is Black Thought. I thought on frequency. Do you know what? Again, bass singing on frequency with waves all over the place or something. He's saying that is slowly becoming a rewindable moment for me where mm -hmm, bass mm -hmm. got that refrain. It's not long enough. Again, elongate it into the album more as a general thing. But I thought Thought on there. You know, I have heard some people detracting from his verse, but I thought it was great and it made the others stand up. It made the others absolutely stand up where, uh, was it? Yeah, Talib is killing it. What's he say? Put them in camp, say it's metal enhanced. Yeah, say it's mental enhanced. They focus in concentration. That line, put them in mm. camp, say it's mental enhanced. They focus in concentration with the camps line, all that. I think if a new rapper that Rohan had recommended me or someone had recommended me had said that, I'd be on Twitter going, holy fuck, like what a line this guy is. What? But it's Talib and he's got this history in you. And so I think sometimes it's just good to scope back and realize, man, you've been doing, you're 50, you know, you've been doing this a long time. So for you to stand out with things, it's probably a little bit more appeal than someone newer. Uh, but yeah, no, I just want to shout out that track frequency as well, generally. Uh, I don't know what you thought about Thought on this. Did you enjoy Thought's? cameos uh, uh, features i did i don't think it should have been near the end of the album the way that it was sequenced that way i think that it that wasn't the the, the place for it but it's a great verse i mean i'm i'm looking forward to what he's doing with danger mouse i don't know how that is going to sound just because i don't think i've heard him do a rap album in so long but mm. listening to this i was just like can we just get black top uh, black thought rapping over madlib for a whole album like, oh. why, why can't like yeah. let's just Cut out the middleman here and get to what we really need. I think, uh, oh, I have a thought on that Danger Mouse, but I'll still say, but I'll start by saying, yeah, I liked the feature. I, I, do, I disagree that it didn't fit. It didn't make sense at the end. I just think I, I agree, but I still agree from the standpoint. I just wish that kind of energy was in the middle part of this album because I feel like that's where the clear weakness of it is. Mm -hmm. But I like how it ends with frequency to uh, no fear of time because I think those were the times where the beats really uh, yeah i think those are the two best beats for madlib when it came to like matching the theme because mm. i just think there was more going on there's like different movements of it uh i like the is that like a guitar kind of main yeah. uh, melody i just think it, there's a lot of stuff going on it's not as flat sounding uh and i think thought sounded sounded great the thing about the danger mouse album 
I think like Black Thought, yeah, he'd sound great on Mad Lib. Everybody would, but like he's great at these live instrumentation. Like that's been his entire bread and butter. So mm-hmm. I imagine he'll feel pretty comfortable. I liked the first single. I didn't listen to the one that has like really questionable features. I almost maybe want to avoid it and just wait till the album comes out because that scared me a bit. But it's like, whatever, you know, mm. Black Thought still is a major artist he, and, and all that. Is there Russ on that song? I Am I wrong? Russ, I think Russ. Oh, is, Russ is. Oh, God. I, th- yeah. I think I think it is Russ. That's yeah, because yeah. Joey Badass, I'm t- I'm totally down with it. He yeah. has a new album coming. I'm yeah. super interested to see how that sounds. But Russ, like, yeah, I'm going to have to. I might just should just wait and then get it in the context of the album before I get sullied. But Danger Mouse is dope. He has worked with, uh, I think if I'm not mistaken, he had some co-production. So it's not hip hop, but uh, Michael Kiwanuka. Oh, yeah. He Same had, because uh, mm. I think, and I think he has da- generally some pr- credits with Inflow, who's worked with Lil ah, Sims a lot. Really? Okay. And, and like, I feel like that's like a good, a good vibe for Black Dot. He's always been on this rich instrumentation live and Danger mm. Mouse can do his thing. But so, so I'm, I'm curious. And I really like that single. I think that beat was actually really great. So mm. okay. I, I'm, I'm high hopes. I have high hopes. It's funny. I just realized this. I didn't. I never bought this like out of huge fandom form, but I actually have the singles cover to "Crazy" on my wall. Oh wow! Just because, just because <laughs> I really like the artwork and the yeah, this, this dope, limited, this limited print. And I was, uh, you know, I got it. I, I guess fifteen years ago now or whatever. Yeah. But I've just always kept it with me because it's like I just like how it looks on my wall. It's, yeah, it's sick. Yeah. That's wicked. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is it. I mean, so I'm, I'm kind of yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I am looking forward to that. I'm. I still can't believe Russ is Russ is on that. that just harking back to Russ was uh, one of our residents. Uh, Raymond Ridge brought Chomp Two is one of his favorite albums of last year, and it, the the listeners were very much well. Actually, some were loving it. I'm not gonna lie, Russ has fans. He does have fans. Uh, he is incredible. He's like the new, fans. Like the new Talib in terms of how divisive he is almost. Oh like, my god, maybe. Is he t- <laughs> I, I you know, know he has I some take lyrics him like now, a like, he's like a he's like what? He's like a, I'm trying to think of an artist that's kind of like him. He's almost like an NBA young boy, and he's <laughs> almost like a, a Kevin Gates or a Nipsey Hustle in this in the sense that I truly don't think I've met not Nipsey Hustle. I, I know a lot of people love him and I'm not, mm. they're not, this is a quality stamp, like a argument, mm. but just more like the Kevin Gates, NBA young boy, just that I've never met anybody personally who likes them, but they have fans. Mm. They have fans. It's not even like divisive where it's like, I just, I've never heard anybody even bother to say they don't like <laughs> Kevin Gates. Like yeah. I heard someone in my patron uh, chat recently say that they liked one of his mixtapes. And that's like the first time I've heard about him in like mm. five years. Cause I just don't care. But man, Russ has a huge amount of fans and he's really, he's been, he's really smart. He's a smart dude when it comes mm-hmm. to like managing his business as an indie artist. I think that's where his value is, but I, I don't, mm. I think he's just a watered down Drake and like, and he, he has like that do it myself vibe. I think yeah. he needs some help. That's I totally agree with you. And at the same time, it's like, I feel that there's like no overlap between the NBA young boy fan base and the Russ fan base. They're just, they, they both do it, but it's completely on opposite. Ends. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. There's no oh, overlap. It's just yeah. similar yeah. from the sense of yeah. like, just, yeah, just, I don't know anybody, but they have some fans and they have a lot of them and they make tons of money, which yeah. is great for them. Yeah, I don't even know what a NBA Young Boy song actually sounds like. I'm sure I've heard it, but I, I, <laughs> I, I I'm a, I, I like NBA Young Boy. I don't even know. That. Is it just trap? Is it trap music? 
Yeah. It, you know what? It's, it's a lot of auto tune and a lot of, I mean, to me, it was more his, his early mixtapes. I haven't followed up with what he's done. Okay. Since then. Okay. But like maybe like 2018, like when he, when he came out, it was, it was still fairly new that melodic trap auto tune. And it's like a lot of emotions and he's, because he's actually like gone through so much shit in the legal system and just being in Louisiana and coming yeah. from where he's from. Like, I think it resonates it like the music doesn't sound like Tupac, but it resonates on that. Like every man, I come from the hood yes. level. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I, I do, you know, I definitely respect it. It's not necessarily for me as a person, you know, you know, who's in, who's into what he's into, but like, I can see why he's really, he's really popular. Like going back to what you said about Joey Badass, it's weird. I was surprised that this album didn't have a J Cole feature. Yeah. And Joey Badass feature because yeah. they were the two new artists I felt could have worked with most mm. in Talib, but they were like, nah, Joey Badass. Button. Joey Badass yeah. really. And he's on kind of that third eye wave. I don't yeah. know. If, I'm curious to know where he's it's been five, six, five years since he dropped. Yeah, five, seven, and, eight, five years. Wow. Oh, yeah, and the album drops next week, I think. Oh, I'm damn. seeing him in concert in a month. I'm actually excited. Oh, wicked. I, I'm a fan. I'm not a massive fan, but I'm a fan. And mm. I think I, I've watched Mr. Robot. I finished that show recently. Oh. Talking about most deaf and Yasin, like acting, man, he he was wildly impressive in that whole series. He had like a quite a significant like supporting cast role for multiple mm. seasons. He's in Wu. Didn't he play Method Man on the Wu Tang yeah, show? Deck. I think he played Deck he, in the Wu show. He played Deck. Well. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I haven't, I haven't even seen that. I haven't seen that. Oh, man, check it. Robot it's for me. definitely worth it. Uh, but then you know, you say that them them features could have worked. They on in a weird way. You know what's another good thing to wrap this album up quickly there is a way like to do this as a comeback they're not looking backwards that's another thing that i liked is they're not actually looking back to the 90s or the noughties of where they've made their bread and butter they are looking forwards just not in the features in the the features is just thought right and i think yeah it is just thought so they're not they're they're not like looking backwards but they're not like hyper new as well putting on the new cats like like you said mind you they're not new anymore but to blackstar they would be new i suppose Mm -hmm. um so okay thank you guys for all this amazing takes on black star were there anything like what do you i don't know if we expect anything after this album i mean do you think they'll ever drop another one do you think there's anything what what would you want from if there is anything you want from them as 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 a group or as solo cats i definitely want a yasin solo project i think uh especially if he is workshopping this stuff then i hope he's i hope this hat served a greater purpose then because i do think if I had to rank before hearing Black Star, what I would expect to be better, it would be a Yasin solo versus a Black Star album. Mm. I would always assume the Yasin album would be amazing. And it's been so long. So I'd say I definitely want, and I would say I'd bet on him dropping an album. Not going to tell, have any any semblance of what it would sound like, but I have a feeling he will. Mm. It'll be a real solo at some point. I have more faith in that than Andre 3000. And <laughs> Talib, I mean... I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like I want, like, I don't necessarily make dying for him, but I was, like I said, kind of surprised by his competency mm-hmm. on this album. He clearly still has something to say and he's still got skills. So uh, I don't think they're going to ever release anything and I don't want it. I honestly don't even want another black star album. I think mm-hmm. maybe what's better is that they try to d- deliver like a final good solo album. And as for Mad Lib as the third person here, person here, just, just fulfill all these lib albums that you have, like the fly Anakin one, please. Yeah. And I, I, that is sounding like it will come. 
the West Side Gun one have zero chance. I feel like that'll come, but maybe. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's like a million others that like are have been talked about, and I would love to hear all of them. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. For, I'll be here for that as well. Absolutely. Uh, what about you, Sumro? Um, you know, other than what Ryan just said, which I pretty much agree with through and through. I'm just going to put this out there because you never know what comes true when you put energy out in the world. Most F Erica Badu duet album. Oh. I would like to see that. They've never talked. This is just me, you know, fantasy a and but two artists that don't really put out a whole lot and mm. that, you know, work together that were part of the same circles. Mo- you know, Yasin could sing on the whole thing and I'd still oh, I'd be love totally, it. I'd, I would love it. Mm. And um, yes, yeah, I mean, as far as Talib Kweli goes, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't really know. I can't say that like, you know, I, I checked, you know, I was surprised when you mentioned he had a Diamond D album, a collab out. I'm pretty and I was sure like, oh, he I, did. I'm pretty sure he's No, that totally I checks out. I think I heard it. I mm. think I heard it. I, it was I, like lukewarm on it, I think. Um, maybe, yeah. You know, I, I, I think maybe more so than like another Black Star album, you know, I'd be happy to see a Black Star tour. Um, yes, you know, I would love that. I, oh, totally love that. Yeah, I, I, I don't, don't know. know. I've, heard, I've heard bad things about but Yazin live now. Yeah. He's done a few last. Okay. Yeah, especially in London. I think he's. Well, then him shows. and Erica Badu are like a perfect. Oh, wait, no, that's not. That's Lauren Hill. That's Lauren Hill. Hill. That's Lauren Hill. Hill. Never mind. Erica, I want to see you. I love you so much. <laughs> I have actually, Nat, this is the perfect time to drop uh, this story because Most Def was actually living in Montreal about 10 years ago. Um, we didn't know where he was apparently couch surfing. And the story was that he had this girl on the side here and was just living incognito in the city, which is the most, most, you know, the most Yasin Bay type mm. of scenario you can imagine. Mm. And I got really lucky because um, the local, like kind of small student club, because he, you know, the girl was always going there. Most stuff would just end up in the basement and just backstage and hanging out like very normal. They managed to book him at a tiny club and he rocked it there. Ah. He was genuinely, but I mean, it was, it was, you know, the kind of club where, you know, if you're in the front row, you know, you were less than a foot away from him. It was super up in person. And he was great in that environment. But to what you're saying, I could totally see him being a bit of a spaz, not showing up on time, not Mm. doing any of, you know, not being a a professional on tour in a bigger setting, but yeah. If you get if you get a chance to see him, you know, in a more intimate club, because apparently he'll still do that if you can convince him or whatever. Yeah. Um, do do see it because it was worth it uh, yeah. for that. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. One of the best gigs I've ever been to, the Black on Both Sides tour. That was just mm. incredible. But yeah, but uh, he's kind of set the standard from there. But yeah, absolutely. I, I I don't think I don't think they'll do another one. They've got podcasts now. They're doing obviously the Miracle Mile with Chappelle. They've got that's another that's the thing. They, Chappelle's very ingrained in their return, and he's not anywhere on this album. Which was yeah, there wasn't even like a, a voiceover or a little snippet or even a reference. It was a bit bit kind of yeah. That's that they mm. seem to be very you know, but they always have been. I suppose quite tight. Um, but yeah, no, I can't see them. I think this was kind of a more of a statement of. I think the politics was part of it. They've talked about the politics of their music, like being ownership, like, you know, back in the day, who's got ownership to that music. And, you know, this being, they even have statements where this is owned by black star, whatever, whatever, you know, their company and stuff like that. So maybe, maybe to lift that company they've got, maybe they do do more music, maybe. Um, but 
almost 100%. I don't think they'll be doing I think they'll be doing it so they get paid, uh, which is obviously, you know, behind paywalls probably. Um but yeah, no, I'm glad, like like we said to round it off. I'm glad this album's out. I actually enjoy it. I think there are a little few lackluster moments, but not not enough for me to go, you know, th- this is still a good solid. Uh, I think I'll come back to what Dylan Green said. It's the fans expected more than just good enough, but I mm. thought it was better than just good enough personally. But there we go. Guys, thank you again. Last thing I ask them before any, before we wrap up, uh, I'll start with you, Sunroll. What is the last great piece of music you heard? Could be old, could be new, just the last great piece of music you heard i told bessie elucid it dropped last friday and it's uh you know there's there's nothing you know i'm gonna go for the obvious answer and and it's it's weird i mean i'm i don't don't even know if i should be saying it's like the internet cult of backwoods now makes me almost feel pressured if i don't like something enough because people are like this is the album of the year and it's like I didn't even necessarily i don't necessarily think that yet but i can't Mm. say that it's anything less than great Mm. also but it's uh it's been really interesting seeing um yeah seeing the backwards guys going from like call to act to like the internet's gonna put a gun to your head if you don't give this like a five out of five but you know they probably deserve it it's you know i can't you know it's it's so different and it's just not at all like a woods album and i'm just Mm. still processing it but uh it's great. It's um, yeah, yeah. That's my pick, basically. Love that. People go check that out. Definitely. How about you, Rohan? Uh, I'll quickly echo that. Really quick. I told Bessie's amazing. I think uh, to the point Sunraj just made. It's nice to see a collective of artists that have got the spotlight finally after mm-hmm. so much hard work and just not surprisingly, but just just re- just exceeding expectations. Ever since really brass. Ever since shrines, I mean the the run has, but like when they really started to get the, I think this elevated status was Haram, and I guess you could put brass in there. Every time I've listened to it, I kept thinking, man, like this might be the one where it's just not that amazing, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Trying to almost like deal with it personally, I'm like, no. <laughs> I told Bessie was the moment Elucid was been waiting for. Now that he has the higher profile, mm. and he just probably made his best solo album and maybe he's topping Atheops. Like, I don't know. Oof. It's just amazing. Um, oh. I will, but I will put in a separate one that I just listened to 700 bliss, which is a more oh, mother yeah. and DJ Haram collab mm. album. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea this existed until like yesterday until like the cabbages, uh, cabbages podcast newsletter, go check them out. I didn't even know this group exists. Obviously I love more mother. Mm-hmm. The trap the album is really cool, noise rap, very weird. So come in with some expectations to be kind of put off. But the track anthology, go listen to that. It's, oh, anthology. You'll just yeah. You'll just like it's truly just absolute crack. It's just bananas. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It's like spiritual, but also like so danceable. Yeah. It just was like jumping on, jumping up and down when I heard it. But yeah, that's mine. Okay. I'll be honest, could not get into it. That one, uh, that is the track I could, uh, but the rest of it, I've just not, it's not clicked enough for me. Elucid, I I mean, amazing. I actually, I, I really like it. I just, I love Dirty Deacon from last year. I think that was such a good, is it, it wasn't an EP, it was an album album, wasn't it? That was an yeah, album. It was yeah, an and album. that was like a re-release from what I understand. Like oh, a was it? resurfacing. Yeah, am I, am I wrong with that? Because like, that was recorded, I think, in like, I'm just making the the year up. I think like 2010. It, no like, way. But I hadn't heard it until, but I hadn't heard it until 
this year. I might be wrong that it was re-released or maybe it was worked on, but never released, but I think it's the the oh. former. I think it was released and like, it's it, it probably even in the description of Bandcamp. I'll go check it out. Yeah, no, that's, 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 that's an interesting point. I did not know that, but I, I really, really enjoyed that. And I, I enjoy that more than uh, Bessie at the moment, but that's just because I've had more time with the other one, but there are moments on Bessie where you're just like, what is, yeah. The, yeah. Again, you're right though. There are, but they do keep delivering. And I'm sorry to drag this episode on for people who wanted to hear about Blackstar, but can we just quickly talk about <laughs> how they do keep, it is pretty mad how like, Every release is fucking great. I can't think of many other acts who are that prolific and that consistent at that bar, you know. For, for and, the, and the backwards label too, like as like mm. the stamp, like for other artists like uh, Premrock, mm. who has made great music before his backwards debut last year, just mm. to see the elevation from all, every act that get their like backwards album, mm. it's pretty phenomenal. And we have one coming up still, the Akai solo one, which oh, I... Yeah. I already have been loving Akai Solo. I think his Navy Blue album was the best of the run of Navy Blue produced records. Oh, really? By a long shot. It was incredible. And I just, I have so much faith. It's like, I'm, I need to like temper it. I'm like, okay, but it's okay right. if they don't hit it out of the park. But I'm like, there's no way this isn't going to be good. It's like, <laughs> and, and just actually the, the Vaughn P, uh, mm. Dirty Deacon Quick, I just checked. It was released actually for the first time last year, but it was recorded a decade ago, but remained in the vault as both artists built their solo and group careers fascinating so it was created mainly then and just kind of only released that yeah. but it sounds amazing now imagine if that dropped 10 years ago i just don't know what my mind would have gone do you know i mean i would be like you know, oh, how is that yeah you know who's got like tying it back into black star madlib has had a series of those archival releases come out the one that he had with kazi a few years ago the black mm -hmm. market seminar one yeah like I just that. oh i mean like to me it's like just pure mid nineties, like alcoholics era nostalgia. Yeah. Cause it's just like, it's just like clearly them freestyling in a basement over Madlib beats and like, Oh, oh yeah. this will never come out. And then it's like, you know, 20 years later, it's like, Oh, this is gold. You guys just wouldn't have like, no one would have appreciated this had it come out in 96 no. or whatever. No, no, no. But the, you know, but years later, now that those styles are like impossible to replicate and they're so of the moment, you know, it, it's, it's great. And, the elucid um von p album kind of reminds me of that as well where it's yeah. like sometimes like you have to wait for the right time for something to come out yeah mm -hmm. absolutely on madlib if people are just thinking oh you know want to listen to more madlib the uh, deal with us like sweet mm. that oh i love that that's my favorite i think that that volume two i actually got off discogs the other day i couldn't believe it I finally got it on vinyl but um yeah no that that is yeah where you just realize how what yeah five and six Five yeah, and six, six are my was. favorite uh, mm -hmm. beat conductors, other than the India one. The India one's still my favorite, but and those two I have on vinyl. I, I paid as much as I needed to get those two. <laughs> Big, but, I love that. Yeah, love those, that, uh, that. That one's a great one. Love that. No, I, that was just like out of every tribute that anyone ever did to Dilla, that was like just mind blowing. Like just as a conversation with him, it was like, and obviously like they knew each other, and they, you know, mm. like so much has come out after Dilla's passing. But to get mm. those ones, I was like whoa you really really dedicate you know yeah it's one thing to do a song it's another thing to have like i'm going to practice your style and incorporate it just to show people yeah how amazing you were kind of thing yeah it's, it's, it's just nuts. a beautiful beautiful love letter isn't it i love that and uh yeah what a way to end it but like you know yeah. so people 
here, let us know, man. Let us know. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on socials. You know, let us know what you think to the Black Star album. Guys, where can we find you then before we go? Sunrule, where, where, where can we find your stuff? Rohan, let us know as well. Um, the best place to at me is on Twitter at S-O-N-R-A-W, otherwise Linktree slash Sunra, however they write it, but it's S-O-N-R-A-W. That's got all my articles, my music. Um, yeah, just whatever I've been doing. Uh, Sunra 5C's album coming very soon. As soon as we finish it, it's going to be worth the wait. I'm so yeah. proud of this thing. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Big up. Rohan. Uh, you can find me on the podcast website, which does have some written content, although there's going to be some strategy changes made to that part soon. But rmpp.squarespace.com for the website. But the easiest way to like get direct contact is just hitting me up on Twitter at rap music plug pod. And it's the same handle for Instagram, although I'm more active on Twitter. And you can also check us out like on patreon just patreon the rap music plug podcast you can just google that uh there's a lot of great bonus content bonus episodes a really great community that's growing every single day that has like truly some of the greatest heads in in the community right now it's like getting everything you'd want from recommendations for music but just like on crack because like <laughs> on steroids because like everybody else has their they're also plugged in so it's just like a yeah. cumulative like beautiful vicious cycle so yeah love it That's absolutely love it and as i said earlier follow these guys especially for recommendations man if you just want to dip your toe even into the underground you know there's this stuff here but yeah thank you everyone for listening to watching subscribe all that stuff as well comment share it tell your mom tell your dad all that good stuff and uh, let's keep doing this thank you guys peace out yeah for sure peace peace